everyone, welcome to Heroes of IT, a rebranded podcast from the Tab Geeks Network. The podcast used to be called Supporting IT Support, but in the interest of uh, widening the scope a little bit, we decided to open it up a bit more as we were already starting to interview people that were not quite in IT support and uh, were more in the IT professionals realm, such as cybersecurity and some of the other super important IT uh, adjacent fields and uh, some very interesting th- people to hear from. My name is Jesse Nolan. I'm your host and I'm the founder of Tab Geeks. Uh, this is the first show that we're doing on video with the launch of our Tab Geeks YouTube channel. So if you prefer to watch rather rather than listen, I invite you to go check out the channel by searching Tab Geeks or for Heroes of IT, which will also come up. Uh, please do, do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. We need to reach a certain number of subscribers in order to get access to the partner control, whatever, you know, extra features that YouTube does and uh, be able to get our, our custom URL there. So definitely want to do that. And um, the reason why you're here today is to listen to our guest and me have a conversation. I guess an I. That's grammatically correct. Thank you very much. My guest today is, uh, I'm going to try and get this correct. I always knew Frida Kreitzer, who's been Perfect. Who has had an? I think I got it right. All right, our guest today is Frida Kreitzer, who's uh, had an amazing career uh, in and out of startups across Silicon Valley. She's previously worked at companies such as Bolt and Facebook, and has a wonderful story and is in general a ton of fun to talk to. So, Frida, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jesse. I'm really happy to be here. And welcome to the first video show and and all of that. So uh, a lot of firsts here, and we're excited to uh, hear what your story entails. Yeah, this is super cool. Uh, thank you. Awesome. I'm happy to tell My you. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we kick things off with uh, you giving us just a quick intro of who you are and uh, um, what you've done. Sure. So uh, you got you got my name perfectly right. Uh, well done. Um, yes. I, uh, <laughs> yes, I am Frida. Uh, I have worked in IT. I had to think about it before I joined you today. I've worked in IT since 2015. <laughs> Um, I, I would say that I've, I've definitely had an interesting journey into IT, uh, but a lot of people in the IT industry have, and in cybersecurity. It's usually, you, oh, yes. you don't meet too many people who are like, oh yes, I majored in computer science, and then <laughs> <laughs> I went to Facebook, and you know. So uh, I would say when I was little, uh, you know, I was very interested in computers, um, Growing up in the age of total unbridled internet and, and hardware, uh, I've always been interested in computers. So uh, I'm just going to give you my whole life story of getting into IT. Awesome. Let's go. <laughs> um, that was my next question anyway. So how'd you get into IT? Cool. Yeah, I jumped, I, I jumped ahead here because uh, I'm too excited uh, to be here. <laughs> um, I broke a lot of things. Um, to the point where my parents were, were like, you, this is very expensive, you know, these, these computers, you can't just uh, continuously uh, break, break them. Meaning not, not hardware wise, I wasn't like slamming them on the ground and crashing them. I was doing a lot of uh, experiments, let's say, in terms of like how much software I could run on the machine before it crashed or oh, yeah, yeah there. like what I could do in the settings. Um, uh, what, how much I could do before the computer would, would, would freeze, you know, and shut down. And, uh, so luckily, uh, there was an IT guy close by, um, and he came over and would fix the machine. He was super nice. And I would watch him, uh, and, and what he would do to, to fix the machine. And back then, uh, and also now this is still the case. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was mostly a matter of just turning it off and, and back on again. 
it, it was. And I think like we discussed earlier when we were troubleshooting before to get this working, uh, that's mostly how things are fixed still with basic level IT support. Uh, but anyways, uh, so always been a nerd. Um, but I went into marketing initially was my first kind of career path because I was very much into photography and design and web development. Oh, me too. Hey, yeah. Um, well, I mean, here you are doing this cool, you know, video podcast, right? So yeah, I see you. Um, you never know when those skills will come in handy. Yeah. And also, uh, it's, it's computers, right? It's still, yep. uh, very computer heavy and technology focused in terms of design and the internet, you know, and, uh, CSS and HTML were my kind of initial foray into, into coding. Right. But I also was a huge fan of MySpace for that reason, because it, it MySpace, us. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It taught, it taught us a little bit of code, you know, that was pretty cool. You it could is. express yourself through uh, some CSS and HTML. <laughs> Until everybody went overboard and everybody was like, Oh God, please don't. Yeah, now it's now it's like a, a space for musicians or whatever, yeah, something <laughs> yeah. like that. The, the rebrand. Um, Tom Tom was the original friend, though. I think we all. Oh yeah, Tom that. was the smartest of all of us. He got in, cashed in, and got the hell out. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, was, he was so cool. <laughs> um, he he still is a like a travel photographer. He just oh, travels yeah. the world, living on his money. He has an amazing Instagram account. He's actually a really good photographer, and he just takes pictures of all the cool places that he's going to. Oh, it's just so cool. it's that Tom. Oh, damn, he's, so, he's just so chill, you know. Right. Um, I love it. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I did not. I did not score out like Tom. Um, but I'm. I'm still going. <laughs> maybe. Maybe one day, uh, some sort of Tom, I can be. Uh, but <laughs> I discovered that I, I did not like marketing. Um, I, I still find it totally fascinating from a company perspective. Every single detail matters, you know? So for instance, what yep. we're using here, Riverside, the background is this kind of dark space gray. And mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, people did numerous tests to see, Hey, what do customers uh, respond to best? You know, with this with this kind of space gray background, zero 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 whatever number, or like this uh, lighter gray background. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot. Um, <laughs> so I left that and uh, went back into IT, but from a corporate level or from a business level, it's, it's very different than tinkering around at home, like your personal stuff. So I had to find someone to train me. And I was lucky in that Jones IT was hiring uh, novice people at the time. So I hopped in on that train and we were brought around as consultants to various companies. And I just got to sit and watch and absorb like a little sponge and then I got my own companies. So started out with nonprofits and uh, legal, lot of legal firms and financial firms. And then oh, those are fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of um, <laughs> printer issues. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, and the this and this legacy software that they refuse to give up. Oh, for sure. And then everything is like panic mode all the time. You know, the pressure is so oh, yeah. high because they're lawyers. And if the printer doesn't work, then that's, the world will simply end, you know? So it's just hilarious to rely on uh, 
printers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it goes. I then uh, moved on to another consulting agency, Man Consulting, uh, where I learned quite a lot and worked at much larger companies. So companies like Stitch Fix uh, and for, you know, 400 plus companies at the time that was really large for me. And then I went to startups at, at, after that. So SIF Science was a machine learning company. I built out their IT infrastructure and worked with their CTO uh, to protect the company. So I learned a lot of cybersecurity at that at that mm-hmm. point because we were dealing with Heartbleed. Um, oh. And that, yeah, yeah that, was, times. that was fun. Um, quite, quite vulnerable. Uh, that was my second weekend. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And there were so many interesting uh, problems and issues to figure out in the startup landscape, you know, because everything's so mm-hmm. new and you don't, you might not have any IT or any security people. So uh, I learned, I had the opportunity to learn quite a lot. Uh, and then it was that at that point I got to hire a team of consultants. So then I was now managing consultants. And uh, from there, I went to an open source company, Pantheon, because open source is super cool. Big fan. Um, they're a web development company. So obviously that went back to my roots a little bit. And then I went to Facebook. <laughs> And uh, that was that was my first experience of a company so large, you know, sixty thousand uh, plus people. And it's amazing. It's, it's huge. So I, I went there hoping to figure out issues that I had not figured out at smaller companies and startups. For instance, mm-hmm. um, zero touch deployment, which I'd be mm-hmm. happy to talk about if you're interested. <laughs> but uh, I did not figure that out at Facebook. No. Um, but I did learn a lot of other stuff, uh, a lot in that environment, uh, when you have just so many people and, and so many teams that you work with and you have to learn how to escalate. And of course, cybersecurity is just a completely different experience at, uh, such, such a company. So I can imagine. Yeah. And it, it great, it gave me a great opportunity. Um, I saw an opportunity to create cybersecurity education courses for IT employees. And um, it's just such a complex landscape because of the political Mm -hmm. history, you know? So um, uh, there's so much to understand how things fit together because you know what SSO is and like IDP and uh, how these things kind of connect together uh, but to understand, um, like why and how, uh, more deeply is usually not something that IT people, uh, tend to delve too far into. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, is is really the history and, and knowledge and landscape of that. And that course was, became very popular. Um, I think because I try, I tried to make it as fun as possible. And I also tend to be pretty sarcastic in my delivery, um, which turned out to be a hit. Um, I would, I would say things like, you know, aren't you tired of being attacked? <laughs> like, <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Um, here's, here's ways that 
you can prevent that, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because because Facebook or now Meta is it's a huge target. Um, I mean, I Absolutely. think everyone's a target, but yeah, they're obviously massively target. And then I, yeah. I went to Bolt and was officially an IT manager. And now I'm I'm taking a little bit of a break because I've actually never done that in my career. And uh, I have some companies on, on the sites, but um, looking to go back to more of like a stable environment yeah, kind of corporate if I can. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I've, I've actually been hearing that a lot. And I myself did that as well. I mean, you know, having that balance during the pandemic, doing IT, it just, it didn't exist, the work-life balance. And sure. especially in the early days, it was just 18-hour days and whatever, you know, was necessary. Worse at a legal firm, it was everybody, all hands on deck, just going, you know, nonstop. And so I totally, totally get that. And, um, you know, taking care of, of ourselves is incredibly important and it's something that finally people are talking about and uh, and burnout being a, a massive topic and also one of the um, topics of one of our previous podcasts. So oh, nice. uh, I, can go, I, I believe it was uh, Sonia Cuff from Microsoft who talked about that. Um, oh, cool. I'll so have to check that back out. And listen to that one. Yeah, she's fantastic. So if you don't know her, definitely go check her out on Twitter as well. Um, I wanted to go back to the beginning where you were in school. You mentioned that you went to school and you did not go into IT, which uh, believe it or not, a lot that I get that answer a lot. Yeah. Um, the amount of people that say, oh, yeah, so I went to school and I majored in poli sci and I realized, well, shit, I don't want to do this. And then I just got the first job that came my way and it was fixing computers for a, a car dealership or something. And that's my story. I'm, that's the rest of how I got into IT. And so it happens pretty often. But what did you study? For sure. I actually studied philosophy and I concentrated in philosophy of mind. <laughs> so then oh. how did you pivot to IT from there? Well, I I went into marketing initially because, yes, I graduated uh, college from, from Cal, and then I was like, well, um, I don't want to be a philosophy professor, and I don't want to go to grad <laughs> school for philosophy. <laughs> so I'm right. going to have to figure out a real-life skill. Also, I live in the Bay Area, so that, oh, that costs a little expensive. money. Yes, um, exactly. Uh, so I went back to marketing because I was like, okay, well, I can, I can take photographs and I still have web development skills and these design skills. Uh, so um, I went to a financial investment advisory firm. But I, I will say, yes, I get, a, I get that question a lot, particularly majoring in philosophy, because it's like <laughs> a lot of people question, well, what do you do with the philosophy major? I will say uh, a lot. I can argue my way into almost anything I want. <laughs> oh, interesting. Right? Or any... any... Fight, fight for a seat at the table. Yeah. Any, yeah. It, like, logic, that class was one of the most useful and frightening uh, skills at the same time. Because y- you discover that uh, logical arguments are um, very rare. It's, mm-hmm. it's rare to, like, that someone says things... Um, clearly uh and with um well, what's the exact term i should know this but it'll come it'll come to me later anyways uh <laughs> yes so i argued my way into it i would say because uh particularly as as a woman like at the time there's still not a ton of women in it and cybersecurity. I, I see more and more which is really exciting but uh, back then i was i was definitely the only woman in my company for for uh, two years, um, 
and it was, it was, it was super bro, you know, was, meaning like playing ping pong or sorry, beer pong. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a little bit of a nerd. Um, but yes. Um, and, uh, I had to really prove that I was technical, I would say, and, and could do mm-hmm. the, the job. Uh, but I also, you know, communicate pretty differently than a lot of IT guys in the field. And that's, that's been a strength of mine as well, because as, right. as you know, IT in a business environment is not just technical knowledge. It's being able to communicate with all departments and mm-hmm. especially HR Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, and making sure that processes are, are as they should be, you know, mm-hmm. so I've ranted at you. Yeah. I'd say that's a, a problem on, on both sides of the aisle there. Every, everybody in IT uh, often suffers from not being able to communicate well or not being able to argue their point across well, especially when you have, uh, you know, executives that are like, well, we've done it this way for 20 years. We don't need to change it. It's like, well, no, actually oh, sure. we do because of X, Y, and Z or because that's no longer even remotely secure and your systems are Swiss cheese. So let's fix it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. having a background in philosophy and, and being able to uh, debate properly definitely uh, would be a strength. And it's, it's honestly, um, properly communicating is a superpower today because even still there are not a lot of people who can do it. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And not, you know, and it's, it's something I'm, I'm constantly working on. Uh, it's, it's very difficult, uh, communication. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially when you're working with all different types of people and, and I get yeah. it as an IT person. Um, I'm, I'm not always a huge fan of communicating with people. You know, I love to hide and, uh, kind of, um, you know, shy away. And, but yes, you always have to kind of show your work and communicate with leadership. And exactly as you said, uh, I, <laughs> that's, that's one of the downfalls of, um, some companies that are saying, well, we've always done it this way. Like that's not, see, again, that's not a logical argument. It's not. Right. Not anymore. No. It used to be, no, yeah. they used to get away with that stuff. Right. I want to take a really quick break to tell you about our sponsor for this episode. It is Riverside.fm. It also happens to be the platform that we're recording this on. I'm a big fan of Riverside. I've uh, tweeted about them. I've talked about them on past episodes. We did a live episode with them over on our Google Workspace Recap podcast talking about uh, some of the new things that were coming and some of the decisions that Google made. And we got a ton of people over on YouTube, and it was totally effortless to do the live show on Riverside. So that's one of their amazing features. Basically, Riverside is a very high-quality online studio for recording podcasts and shows, and it just blows Zoom and Google Meet out of the water. So if you're on either of those platforms, definitely go check out Riverside.fm. I switched to Riverside after I was looking to bring my shows to video format. I've been doing just audio for uh, just over two years, and I decided, hey, let's upgrade and let's go for uh, the YouTube audience and start expanding and growing in that direction. And honestly, they are the simplest, easy-to-use platform out there. I can record in 4K, which was a requirement for me. Also, it's really simple for me to send an invite link to my guests, and they're able to just click it, and it opens in their browser just like a Google Meet meeting, and right away they can join in and start recording the show. Easy peasy. They're also killing it at developing new features. I love all the things they're coming out with. I'm not the only one that's using it. There's lots of great creators out there that are using it. Two of my favorites are Guy Raz from uh, the my favorite podcast, How... <clears throat> sorry, how I built this with Guy Raz at NPR and my favorite YouTuber, MKBHD, who you've heard me talk about uh, a lot on this show. And they both are using it. And honestly, I thought both of them were recording locally in the studio. I didn't think it was done virtually. So absolutely sound fantastic. Go and check it out. 
riverside.fm, not.com.fm, riverside.fm, create an account, and uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, back to the show. All right, so um, you started out in uh, uh, school and then got into marketing and decided that you didn't want to be there. And uh, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's very interesting that the skills that you pick up along the way uh, earlier on, such as web design or uh, you know, video production in this case, is definitely something that I've found myself leaning back on and going back to. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, I can set up a projector because I played with those you know, at a, one of the jobs that I had. And so I know how to set up a whole AV system. Yeah, exactly. Not a lot of IT people necessarily know how to do that. And so that's kind of one of the things I wanted to ask you also is since you've worked both in the major corporate world and the startup world, what are some of the differences that you faced in how IT is run and their approach to technology in general? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I have a lot to say on this. So... <laughs> I think a lot of people misunderstand what IT is, which which makes sense because it's mm-hmm. one confusing. <laughs> and well, it's enormous too. The field is it huge. is IT stands for information technology. I don't. I can I tell you what the, that's an awkward acronym. First of all, <laughs> like that's a weird yeah information technology. Um. That covers it's very old acronym. Yeah, and it covers everything, right? So I've been, I've yes, I've worked on you know phones and printers and every single electrical device you can think of almost. And I, I don't think I'm exaggerating because I've been asked to fix elevators and yep. and things. And I'm sure, yeah. Uh, most IT Coffee people machine. experiences. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, well, you, you work in IT. Uh, this is POS device. And I'm like, well, yeah. Um, it has an it has a plug. It runs electricity. Obviously, it's our jurisdiction, right? So, like, I am able to to quote unquote like fix these things, I suppose. But <laughs> are they are they IT? Uh, I suppose so. And then you have like IoT, like the Internet of Things. So your fridge, of course, has mm-hmm. to have Wi Fi. Which <laughs> okay, right? Um, I'm, it does. I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, it came with it. I'm not against it. You know, I mean, if, if you if you really desire to have all of your appliances connected to your network, then then go for it. I'm I'm not one of those people, but I digress. Right? That's that's probably a different a different topic we can discuss if you want. But um, so when I worked for corporate IT, it actually took me a really long time to understand because I was used to working for startups and smaller companies where you literally do everything. So right. when I say I, I work in IT at a startup, uh, I would manage the network, the AV, people, <laughs> systems, right? Just everything in the cloud or on-prem, office build-outs, you know? Great mm-hmm. amount of experience. And I, I think that's, that's why I recommend working for startups and smaller companies is because I think you really learn all forms of IT. And then when you go to a bigger kind of corporation, you, you notice for the most part, it gets separated out and specialized mm-hmm. to the point where you're only doing like one thing, right? So right. at Facebook, if you're hired for desktop support, sorry, Meta now, or um, any like large <laughs> company, Apple, Google, um, yeah, for IT, if it's desktop support, you will be doing desktop support, right? And only and that's that it. thing. Yes. So right. uh, people, pros and cons, you know, different different people like different uh, types of environments and that, that works for them. Um, but I would say that I would almost call IT something different in the corporate environment, like BT, 
like business tools or sorry, business technology. Right, business technology. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's well, I've been thinking, you know, DevOps, the cool developers, they get the term DevOps. Why don't we get tech ops? Yeah. And there is there. You can see that um, developing at larger companies, like they can see a need for mm-hmm. that. Yes. Because there's so much operational stuff that isn't technically IT, like delivering someone's machine or like building a machine or wiping the machine. Yep. It's like, is that IT? It is, but um, <laughs> yes. Or everything being available in the cloud now. So they've developed a uh, <laughs> right. SaaS. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, that's another thing like working with companies who have on-prem servers versus not uh, usually mm-hmm. that's the case. Like larger corporations tend to have on-prem servers somewhere. Right. Um, and uh, a lot of the startups I've worked for are in the cloud for the most part. So everything is yep. yes, quite sassy. Yeah. And in fact, huge SaaS sprawl is a pretty common <laughs> problem among startups, right? I've, yeah, I've worked for like 50 person to 100 startups who have like 500 plus <laughs> SaaS applications. Yeah. What are you doing with all that? We're not, we're not that big, but I did just start a project with um, uh, Blissfully to oh, yeah. wrangle the 100 plus or probably 200 some odd different types of applications. And they're not all really SaaS. Like some of them are uh, marketing tools that happen to be a subscription product. But oh, okay. um, it's, it's, I mean, there's not a whole lot of shadow IT because I control the, uh, the purse strings on that. So I'm able to really know who's buying what because everybody has to go through me. Oh, but nice. there are some of them that it's like, why do you have a trial of this ridiculous? this product you don't need that let me get you something else for sure yeah and there's i mean there's there's a lot out there i would say that uh, most of my experience is that of a systems architect so someone who's constantly researching uh the best SaaS systems for whatever company you know mm-hmm. and um working with other departments that's a that's always a balance because i would love to mm-hmm. force everyone in hr on the work day <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Sounds good. Right. But do I work in HR? No, I don't. So it's whatever uh, they want to live on and live in, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. And that can be, that can be a little tricky when it comes to zero touch deployment, for instance. Yeah. Go on. Okay. All right. I will say, I will say this. So ADP does many things, uh, Many, many things. Okay. I'll give them credit for that because not all HRISs do all of this stuff. Right. But when it comes to the cloud, which most, many, many of us are in, or perhaps should be in, uh, it doesn't integrate super well. And what I mean by that is, um, for zero touch deployment, because HR is your source of truth, meaning they're the first touch with the employee and they're the last touch with the employee at a company. So I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but um, sure. they tend to use whatever. Let's say, let's say they're using ADP. Uh, ADP does not handle changing attributes well. So let's say you become um, president of your company. It's not going to update. Yeah, right. That's just, that's your next, that's your next promotion. I'll take that pay raise. That's what's going to happen. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. Um, If if it's changed in Okta, that's just how it is, you know? Um, So (laughs) it's, uh, it'll, it'll, HR will have to, they'll have to manually update no matter what. 
um, your position. But then that should automatically change and flow to Okta because it goes HRIS, Okta, all of your applications, right? But it won't automatically update from ADP to Okta. So is mm -hmm. that automation and streamlining? No, right? It, it, it is to a degree, but if they were to have something like Workday, these things would automatically update. And again, yep. not trying to crap all over ADP because uh, they're, they've been around for a long time, right? Yep. They're old school. They're, I mean, but that's the problem with a lot of these companies that have been around for that long is that they don't adopt these innovative new features that are powering, you know, and making lives so much easier for people who are using the automation. I mean, we, we're going down that road as well. We were on ADP and we went off to somebody else and even their integrations and automation isn't good enough. So we'll probably end up changing again, you know, down the road. It's, you've got to keep innovating. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we can want to talk, we can talk about that really quick. Okay. If you want. Go ahead. So I went to Octane um, a few years mm -hmm. ago, which is, if you can't, if you can't guess by the name, it's Octa's conference, right? Um, conference. Yeah. yeah. And this was in, Vegas. So it was my first time mm -hmm. in Vegas, like a little nerd just out, out in the world. And uh, oh, good times. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was great. I was like, Oh my, this hotel is <laughs> it's quite large. Uh, Obama. Everything is further than it appears in Vegas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> I looked, I was like, Lots wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. The strip is uh, longer than I thought. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, what were you uh, gonna say? Was Obama there? Okay, when you were yeah, there? yeah, he was the keynote speaker. Yeah. Oh, that should have been interesting, so security-wise. That was why I went. Yeah, I don't even know what else happened there. I can't tell you, but I will <laughs> say that Obama cares about IT, or at least uh, uh -huh. was good at. Uh, no, I, I think he genuinely does. So, why I am saying this is because he mentioned uh, something along the lines of if the government cared about IT, like processes would be so much fast like everything would be better right mm -hmm. your experience he didn't say this part but your experience at the dmv could be like two minutes but instead yeah, yeah. they have to like fax each other from across the room you know so <laughs> you're <laughs> you're there the the line just everything is so slow and complex and yes as you mentioned the reason is like if you're going to be using windows 95 and a pc from 1995, then you're going to have problems. Um, and I also see this in the financial industry, which is very concerning. Yeah. And a reason. So you mentioned the DMV. I've been following uh, Rick Clow, who is the uh, chief technology innovation officer for the California Department of Tech. And he's been working on a lot of stuff like that and modernizing technology in California, as well as the uh, the smart contacts for the COVID vaccine to be able to get them on the iPhone and help pioneer all of that. He's, he's formerly Google. He was at Google for a long time. Oh. And then they tapped him with, hey, come on in and help us overdo or overhaul our technology and whatnot. And I have to say, I had to go to the DMV to redo my license because it expired in the middle of the pandemic. Oh, great. Before the grace period went in where they said, sure, you can renew it online. Oh. But it was after the I only realized it after it had already expired, so I couldn't do it online. Oh. So I had to wait to get an appointment and, and getting the appointment was not great. But then yeah. I went to go to the DMV in person and um, I was waiting online for a long time. I said, well, let me just check the website and see maybe something has popped up. And sure enough, there was an appointment for an hour ahead 
of of where I was at that point. And I was like, great. So I booked it. I went, I sat in my car with my laptop and I, my hotspot on and I did some work. And I have to say that I was in and out once I had the appointment in 45 minutes for a complete new real ID license. And they have actually made a lot of progress in that area. So yes, you're right. Is if the government actually cared about technology and tried innovating in this area and really spent the time, effort and money to do so, then yeah, it might actually be a better experience. That's great news. I thought that was interesting. You know, no, I'm like, I, I love to hear improvement. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to my next DMV experience. <laughs> <laughs> now, if only we could do it on the national level. For sure. There's, there's so many services that could use that assistance. Um, mm-hmm. including technology services, which is interesting, right? So Com- right. Comcast, I don't think anyone's ever like, uh-huh. oh, I had a great experience with Comcast support <laughs> today, you know? Uh-huh. Um, Spectrum. AT&T, like, don't get me started on phones. Phone, yeah. That's, that's just wild um, what you have to go through to get, like, a data a data plan and then I love hotspotting though. Huge fan of hotspotting. Yeah. Like when it works well. For sure. Um, you do have to have I mean it's like it's, it's, it's almost the same as Wi Fi, right? But Wi Fi for your, your your phone, like it's just a different yep. network. Uh, I don't think people realize when it does work well how very strong it is. Um, yeah, it's not the same as my gigabit network at home, but five G should help with that. You know, not quite. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I as we discussed earlier too. I uh, I hate to say this because I know wires aren't super fun. I understand that, um, but hardwiring, <laughs> hardwiring is uh, extremely reliable. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. And I I can't I can't name anyone who who does that regularly for the most part. You know. Well, I do have a lot of my house hardwired, but I am actually uh, at the moment on just Wi-Fi. It is Wi-Fi 6, so I do have the crazy high speed there. And the access point is 12 feet behind me that way. So, um, uh, you know, all brand new tech on the latest standards, it's working quite well. I can but tell, yeah. Sometimes you just have, you know, you get interference or whatever it is that you generally won't have with a nice solid Ethernet cable running into the router. For sure. The firewall. Yeah, I mean, here I'm at here I'm with this too there you go (laughs) i just i don't like the wires touching me and you know it gets in the way i I mean i wear it like a a scarf you know there you go (laughs) very nice yeah i understand uh, because you mentioned it, I want to pivot over to the women in IT element. And that is something that I do try and promote yes. uh, through other groups that I'm in and, and whatnot. And I usually try not to spend too much time on it because I don't want it to be about, you know, I'm not talking to you because you're a woman in IT. You're talking to you because you're amazing at cool. IT. <laughs> but I wanted to know if you would be able to share some advice with other women in IT who are still having that challenge, whether they're, whether they're just starting out or if they are later in their careers. As you mentioned, there are still not nearly enough women in IT and it is still an ongoing challenge. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I always love to. And in fact, if anyone ever wants mentorship of any kind, or I'm always up for mentees and also mentors, if, you know. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, you need, you, you need those people. Um, I, I, yeah, I would say actually I'm really lucky and grateful at this point in my life to have some awesome women uh, cybersecurity and IT leaders as friends at this point. So, uh, Aaron, mm-hmm. Aaron Merchant, for instance, that's the last person I sure. did a podcast with. Yeah, she's excellent. If you have a talk, oh, she's great. Oh, she's so cool. She's badass. 
she was, yeah, just, just, just reference. She was seven years at Pixar and now she's been kind of, we have a similar career path at this time. So we've been talking a lot lately. Got it. But, um, uh, Nicole, nice. Nicole Dove, who's a director of cybersecurity at Warner Media. Um, oh, nice. I, I don't think I know her. Oh, she's awesome. I would highly recommend, uh, reaching out to her also for a mentorship. But anyways, uh, lots, lots to say on this because, you know, uh, IT and technology in Silicon Valley uh, tries to pretend that it's a boys club still, or there's a lot of gatekeeping and black boxing, I call it. And I don't know if this is a popular Mm -hmm. term out there, but it just simply means you have access to information that you're either not sharing with others or you're making seem overly complex. And this is something that I hate because I already overthink everything. So I really don't need someone to overcomplicate something when I'm trying to understand what could be a very simple concept. Um, right. I enjoy IT because there are things that are very simple in it. Like there's actually a lot of simple solutions to what seem to be very complex issues. But there's also mm-hmm. genuinely when you get to kind of like my level and above, very complex issues in terms of the technology and security landscape that you have to figure out. For instance, like malware and pen testing, you know, and really fun stuff, but really you have to have a lot of knowledge and experience to do. Um, So I would say if you're a woman who's, or, you know, relate to being a woman uh, of any kind, uh, you should, and, and you're interested in technology, right? I don't think that everyone should be interested in technology, first of all. So if you are interested in technology, great. And if you have a passion for that, um, absolutely follow it. Whether that's, you know, being a software engineer or if you want to go into IT and work more, I would say, on the people side, because I'd say IT, when you start out, you're more helping people with their technology. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do it. And maybe, you know... Maybe that's cheesy, uh, but keep keep doing it. Uh, keep at it. Um, I really wouldn't give. You know, can I cuss? Probably. I, I wouldn't sure. really. Okay, I wouldn't give a flying fuck what uh, your male counterparts think of you or your career, unless they're supportive or being positive. Uh, right. I will say that the first. I won't name it, but the very first consulting company I started out working for, where I was the only woman uh, before I left, um, I I was I was I was not trusted with the more complex clients, I will say, and um, mm-hmm. I really tried to be a bro. I was really trying to be a man back then. I would say so. I was mm-hmm. dressing like a guy. I wanted to act like a bro. I was drinking with them. Um, I was playing basketball with them because that was something that we did. And also I played basketball for, for a long time. But the last time I sure. played basketball was with that uh, group of consultants because um, we're playing 21 and I was winning. And uh, nice. one of the guys did not like that. And when I went up for a rebound, he moved under me, I think, to, I think to trip me. And he right. was successful. And I broke my ankle and dislocated my knee. And I did not get back oh, no. up for three months. So super gnarly injury, just terrible angle, blah, blah, blah. But um, when I did return to the company, I was strangely demoted to the position of office office administrator. 
Uh, I was, wow. yeah. Oh, I was displeased. I was displeased to the point that I left. Yeah. And Good now I will say that those guys are constantly trying to add me on LinkedIn, LinkedIn and hit me up to see how I've been so successful in my career now because they're just still <laughs> administrators. So, right. you know, making, making, uh, barely 50 K right. And I'm, I'm right. making like four, three times their salary. So, Very nice. Yeah. Here we are. Um, was I angry? Am I angry? Yeah. Like I would say, I would say use, use that. Um, don't get too, don't get too angry. Like, you know, don't be crazy, but, uh, mm -hmm. keep, keep going. Um, I've seen, like I mentioned earlier, more and more women enter the industry, which I'm super happy about, but that's also like companies need to be uh, on that. Like recruiting. Absolutely. Yeah. And making mm -hmm. that space for women. And I don't mean like Absolutely. anything special, just like, don't be, don't be jerk. Don't be jerks. Like, right. Yeah. Let's, let's work together. And I'm not speaking to you. Sorry. Like I'm, I don't mean, I don't <laughs> mean all, um, I've worked with some awesome it guys. In fact, my, my direct report at, at Bolt is one of the, one of the best it guys I've, I've ever worked with. So, um, nice. yeah, but, uh, yeah, I will say so. So when I left Facebook, when I when I first started, uh, I was one of a hand like a handful of women. So we had a women's um, like group, um, and yeah, not not very many women across the board in an org of four hundred people. But by the time I left, it, they probably were like five to six times more more than that like they really grew it out mm -hmm. so i see that that's fantastic yeah it's really cool so i see that companies are trying um my i could talk a long time on this but something mm -hmm. that's related to this i think is difficulty finding entry-level jobs in it right right and in, in security so that's another thing i know we're almost we're almost out of time here so i don't want to <laughs> go go too deep but uh, yes, I know that's also a problem. Absolutely. And we can continue that in uh, another episode. But the last cool. thing I always wanted to cover, especially because you mentioned about being a mentor, is uh, what's your favorite way of being contacted? Are you on Twitter, LinkedIn? What do you prefer? So I'm a, a strange little cybersecurity person. I don't have any social media except for LinkedIn, <laughs> which I'm not, okay. I'm not super happy not about. Yeah, so feel free to contact me on LinkedIn. You can email me. My email is now Frida at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to provide that. Uh, yeah, um, I would say those are the, the two best ways. I want to give out my number because I don't, I don't want that spam. No spam. No, 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 no. <laughs> Nobody does that. Usually it's yeah. LinkedIn, maybe an email uh, if you're generous and uh, Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This has been great. Thank you very much for uh, for coming on the show. And uh, we're definitely going to have to have you back on our SAS show, which is the next uh, podcast or show that I'm going to be starting, which is called SAS Showdown. Oh, I love that. So that one's coming in, in the next couple of uh, weeks, cool, hopefully sooner. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's uh, kind of a show all about managing SAS applications and, you know, not necessarily battling them down between each other, but, you know, maybe having uh, some comparisons and talking to the people who work at those companies and uh, learning from each other and things like that. Oh, so, yeah, that uh, sounds fun. Yeah. Definitely, um, that's coming. <laughs> cool, that's awesome. Well, you're, I, I love what you're you're doing here, and thanks so much for having me on. I'm definitely going to check out, uh, you know, everything you have. <laughs> 
Oh, excellent. Um, My pleasure and uh, happy to have you. That's all for this week, folks. Um, If you want to continue the conversation, we do have a Tab Geek Slack community, which is exclusively for IT professionals. There are no marketers allowed. There are no uh, advertising allowed. It's just us talking tech in Slack. Uh, So you can go to tabgeeks.com forward slash Slack to sign up or just click the link on tabgeeks.com. Like I mentioned, go and check out the YouTube channel. Uh, It's just Tab Geeks. I'm trying to get the URL. So if you do subscribe, then we'll be able to get Tab Geeks uh, as a, a YouTube forward slash uh, unique URL there. And um, if you're listening to this on the podcast platforms, please subscribe and uh, give us a review if you would. And uh, if you want to send us some information or comments, you can do that on YouTube or over on our website, tabgeeks.com. And uh, like I was saying as well with our other publications, if you're a Google admin and you're interested in the updates that are happening in Google Workspace every week, you can check out our other show, Google Workspace Recap, which is the leading show analyzing all of the updates and discussing all of the new features and things that are announced and rolled out by Google on a weekly basis. So go and check that out at WorkspaceRecap.com. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for watching if you're over on YouTube and have a great time, a great week, day, whatever it is, and we'll see you next time.